We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, hey, everybody. We are so glad to have you here with us. We're a couple days past Christmas, two days before the new year that's coming up. And whether you're regular here at Fox River, whether you've been invited by a friend out today, if you just started coming at Christmas Eve and you're back to check that out, if you're watching online, um, one of our campuses, shouting out to Muskego and Waterford, of course. One of the reasons I'm just so excited about what we're able to do today in this like gap weekend between Christmas and the new year is to set ourselves up for 2020 with a best year ever. Now, to do that, I want you to start out, if you would, please, and just imagine with me for a minute, it is December 31st of 2020. So at the end of 2020, as you look back, what would it have taken for you to say, you know, this was one of the best years ever? I'm sure somebody out there is going like, I won the lottery. I did say imagine, so um, if I can ask you now to put on a fantasy filter, and uh, what would the things be that you could anticipate happening in 2020 that would make it a best year ever experience? A little tool I'm just going to share with you, and you can just write this down, or if you've got a handout on the way in, you can fill in um, some of those um, spaces that are on it that way. Many times we can um, hit the new year with New Year's resolutions, and even when we go like, yeah, I've never done, kept my New Year's resolutions, but I'm still going to start this new year with New Year's resolutions, and then they don't go, here's something that I found just really helpful for me. In this grid, two categories, I've got the glad I did, and then either you can put it as wish I had or I regret I did not. So as I look back now at 2019, there's a few things that I've got in the regret I did not category. And it's helpful for me, as I just noted those, because I'm making some adjustments for this new year to move them out of this and into this. I am glad to be able to say there was a lot of things in 2019 that I'm in the glad I did category. For example, one of them was, this is the first year I have ever kept a journal for the entire year. What this ended up being for me was it was an idea catcher, it was my life catcher, it was a blessing catcher that way. And the re- I think the reason was that I was able to do it for the 363 days that I have so far is because my commitment going in was this. I will write one sentence a day. Truly, I'm an overachiever, am I not? <laughs> but with that, I started and every day I was able to put, I don't think there's ever one day that I just had one sentence in there, but it was freeing. And I'm looking back now and looking at some of the things I've learned and some of the ideas I've caught. I'm just like, I'm glad I did this. Now there's a lot of other things. Um, One of my sons and um, his wife were able to spend an extended time with with one of our grandsons this coming summer. So I went out and I spent a few hundred bucks on a pickleball set. Now, if you know me, it's like, ah, it's a real cheapskate, you know, to go out and do that. We had so much fun. I mean, I got bought pickleball set in the glad I did category. 
What would it take for you next year to say best year ever? Now, here's something that I did. Many of you also did. I think we're going to all say, I'm, I'm glad I did. And that was, we did what we called our one million verse challenge. We used version, so it's a free Bible app. Most of us did it on our phones that way. And we had a verse of the day that was just delivered to us every day. How many did verse of the day last year? Okay, did that, like, look at all the hands that are, that are out there, okay? Before I ask you, are you glad you did? Here's just a little bit of insight and in some of the things that happened last year for those that weren't a part of it that we can share with you via these stories. Check it out. So the One Million Verse Challenge. There's a Bible app, and every day there's a new passage from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, so our church, we've challenged each other with reading that every day and signing up for the app. When Pastor Guy in church was like, if you don't have this downloaded, pull out your phone right now. I said, hey, have you got version on your phone yet? A couple of people said, not yet. I said, give me your phones. And I just took their phones and I put it on there. You tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to do it. Just like anything, if you don't do it in the moment, it's not going to happen. So I think that was really nice that everybody was on board with, okay, get your phone out. Like, let's actively do this. It's been a really good stepping stone into reading more about, okay, here's the verse. Let me read let's what's in front, it. what's behind it. Let's get some context behind what's, what's going on in the verse. And what has really spoken to me is that you can get something out of anything if you're just willing to read it. It really stimulates good conversation. I can say out of all of the verses throughout all of 2019 so far, almost every single one has been in some way, shape, or form very tactful and purposeful uh, for something that's going on in my life. And it's just been really cool to see how God has used those verses in 2019. So how many that used the YouVersion app, got that verse of the day delivered to you, how many would say, I'm glad that I did? Can I see your hands? Just raise them up there. Hey, now check that out. Together, we then set a goal. Using this, we said, let's try to read one million verses together. I'm sure you're wondering, like, how did we do? I want to tell you that Today, as of today, we have achieved and exceeded that one million verse like a bunch. Can I get some fist pumping that's going out in the air that way? Like, hey, well done, everybody. That's just kind of cool, isn't it? Now, if you haven't, you know, downloaded this, you're like, I'm just hearing about this right now. This is what the app looks like. You're going to find it on your phone. It's you version. Have that delivered to you each day in this coming year. Now, what we want to do is take something that has been helping us to have a best year ever contributor, and then add to it. So in 2020, do we want to dump it? No, for sure. None of us are going to do that, right? But what would be new and fresh for us as a church? And as a church, the new thing that we are going to put before us is this. It's E-O-B-O. Want to say that with me? We're going to E-O-B-O. <laughs> it's like a like a middle school thing, you're figuring out, like, what does that mean? Everyone, body, odor, like, what, like, right, like, what does this, like, E-O-V-O, other than, my wife said, when I first heard it, I thought we were breaking out into a song of some sort. E-O-B-O means this, means everyone bring one. We feel just this pull of God toward this 
particular challenge for the coming year. Now, it certainly flows right out of the mission that we have as a church. If you're part of Fox River, our mission, see if you can fill in the blanks here, our mission is this, that our heart is what? Oh, excellent. Our heart is people, and our message is what? Jesus, yeah. Now, when we talk about our heart being people, we always remind ourselves, it's not people, it's people. Christmas Eve, 7,500 people came on one of Fox River's campuses. It wasn't just, you know, 7,500, you know, here's the mass and look at that, that's why it's so good. Do you know that every one of the 7,500 people that came on campus had a name? It's true. When Jesus ministered to people, he just didn't go, hey, everybody, people, hey, I'm just for mankind in general. He always looked a person in the eye, big group, small group, individual, to be able to speak to them as a person. We like to remind ourselves that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. I want us to take our Bibles, and I want us to come back to the, to the one, because it's, if it's everybody, bring one. Let's just talk about one for a couple minutes and see what Jesus had to say about that, and especially how that would come back to us. So have a Bible with you. We're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 15. If you got that on your phone, you can pull that up. Great. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you can grab a pew Bible, turn over to page 1489. You're going to find this passage. And while you're turning there, I just want to say this. If you don't own a Bible, then we want to take the opportunity right now to offer you the one that you've got in your hands. Hope everybody can have their own copy of the scripture. Also, I'm going to not complete all the reading that we're doing here, so you can take this and finish it out later. I hope that you will. You may want to do some rereading. Jesus uses three very sticky stories here that you just go like, wait, wait, I gotta, I gotta look at that again. Now we're gonna look at the setup. What are the stories about and to whom are they for as Jesus starts out? So Luke chapter 15, verse number one says this. It says, now the tax collectors and the sinners, they're all gathering around. They're coming to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teacher of the law think the very religious people, they, what's the next word? The teachers of the law did what? They, oh yeah, you got the mutterers here. They muttered, this man, this Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. So then Jesus told them this parable. Who did Jesus speak the parables to? Who's the them? The them is them mutterers. So to the mutterers, Jesus says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now that's crazy, isn't it? You leave 99 just to look for one? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, hey, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. And Jesus said, I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. 
or don't think that they need to repent. Now, Jesus just told us something we would never know until you get to heaven and go like, what's all the rejoicing about? He said, here you go. Then he goes on. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. It's really easy to minimize what's going on right here, right? I mean, you lost a quarter, what's the big deal? I mean, it's almost like it's a penny. I'm not even going to bother bending over and picking it up. Not the case with the lost coin that's being referred to. Think here of the diamond in your diamond engagement ring or wedding band, a big diamond. Or think of the password to your phone. Like, this is something like really important. Because for her, it was both heritage, it was statement of, um, of, of a righteous life and um, the potential of someday being able to be wet. She lost one of it, of ten. So doesn't she, Jesus said, light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully, diligently until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. Look what Jesus said. In the same way I tell you, in fact, it's up here on the screen, read it with me. Everybody, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then Jesus couldn't contain himself, and it says Jesus continued, and he goes on to tell what we call the story of the prodigal son. If you're familiar with that story, you know how powerful it is. Once you hear it, you never forget it. If you've never heard that story, if you've never read it before, it's one of the reasons why I said, put a bookmarker in your Bible, go back, read it. I think it's going to have a special significance in what we're reading. Now, there's a sense we're just kind of dipping our toe in the water a little bit with what Jesus is talking about here, but we want to come back to the one. If we look at these three together real quickly, Jesus is talking to people who were dismissive of other people, of sinners, of publicans, people that weren't as religious as them. And the thing that these had in common, the sheep, the coin, the son, what's the one thing that these all had in common? They were all what? It, right? Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. In fact, you had a ratio here of one to 100, leave the 99, seek to one. Coin, one to 10, we're going to be looking for the one. And with the lost son, you've got one to two, or if, as you read it, you might even have one to one right there. As I was thinking about this E-O-B, everyone bring one. The Holy Spirit, it's like, it's almost as if he spoke to me out loud. He didn't, so don't hear me say that. But it, it, it's almost this, this impression that I got and was the impression also that this is the one thing that we just need to share. You will never read Luke 15, you will never read this the same when you factor in this one thing. Do you know what? I was the one. I was the lost one. Guy was lost and God pursued him. Guy needed help from others to be able to find God in his life. Is there anyone here that has come to Jesus that did it absolutely by yourself with no help from anyone else? You know what that means? I was a lot. When you go back and you read about those 
the 99 that were left to look for the one. You were the one. You were the, all that rejoicing in heaven. There was a time that I was the one that was being rejoiced over in my life. When I realized, guy, you are what you are. You've become what you've become. You've enjoyed so much of the life that you've enjoyed. You've accomplished what you've accomplished. I've had the privilege of being able to minister to thousands and thousands of people by the grace of God. And you know, it's all because, I could say, of Nancy Lively and Tom Greer. Nancy Lively invited me to go to a church service for young adults. And I said to her, no thank you, have no interest. Nancy then, I think she baited me, she said, well, did you know that Miss So-and-so is going? I said, I didn't know that. Where do you sign up? <laughs> I can't believe she did that to me. But because she brought one, she invited one, I went, and that night, I found Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, I should say, I was found. Jesus found me. I lost to, to not. But that happened about 90 miles away. I grew up in Rockford. This happened in Aurora, Illinois. So I get back home, and I know there's something different. I know there's something that's changing me, but spiritually, I just was adrift. I'm, you know, I'm floundering. I don't know what to do next. don't even know if I should do anything next. And then comes Tom Greer into my life. This is a few months later. Tom and I worked together. We never hung out. I knew his name. He knew mine. He was friendly, but we weren't friends. And one time Tom just said to me, hey, guy, would you be interested in going out to church with me? And he talked about the kind of church he went to. I'm like, I've never been to church like that. I'm like, sure, Tom, I'll go. When Nancy invited me and I went, I became a Christian. When Tom invited me and I went, I then became a disciple. Those two people. And the course of my life was just so positively impacted by that. You know, I'm really glad that they asked me. Mike loves to share his story. Mike was a part of the early beginnings of ministry um, here in Waukesha. He's really involved um, a few years ago, he was you know, transferred to another part of the country, so, um, so I'll have to tell the story because he's not here to tell it for us. So as we were, um, I was talking about some of my friends and mentors. I found out that one of my mentors was um, leading a church over in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which happened to be Mike's hometown. I said, hey, Mike, um, let's just grab a couple of friends and let's head over there and let's take a service in. He's like, hey, that sounds cool, let's do it. So we loaded up, and we were able to do it, you know, just in a day, drive over, do a service, and then and drive back, because they did Saturday. We didn't at the time, and we were, we were back for, for Sunday. So once we had done this um, experience of the service at Calvary, we kind of, you know, after we were um, eating together, said, so what did you think? And we shared a couple things. We saw this, we saw this, this was cool. And Mike, now Mike had grown, um, kind of got his feet wet in a really strict, you know, church background. He said, well, I tell you what, I hope we never, and he started going like, I hope we never do music like this or with this volume, or I think the teaching wasn't, you know, wasn't deep enough. And he had like five or six things that were just kind of you know, really cutting into what was going on over there. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, everybody's got their opinion, right? Like, yikes. But that's how Mike saw it. 
few months later, Mike's brother, lived in Grand Rapids, called him up. Really been shaken up in his life. He said, Mike, would you be willing to go to church with me? I know you're a Christian. <laughs> you know I'm not. But I just think I should go. Mike's like, yeah, for sure. So Mike drove over to Grand Rapids just to be able to go to church with his brother. They went. Afterwards, his brother said, you know, that was, oh, by the way, you know what church they went to? Yeah, they went to Calvary. They had that same, that same one. And afterwards, Mike's brother said, that wasn't too bad. Would you be willing to go again with me? So Mike would, a couple weekends a month, drive over to Grand Rapids to go to church with his brother and then drive back again. And Mike said, guy, you can't believe how much that church has changed. <laughs> Three months. I'm like, really? He said, yes, as I sat there. Rather than sitting there and looking at things through my eyes and what my preferences were, I was looking at everything through my brother's eyes and his experience, something like, how's my brother hearing this and what's he doing and how's he responding to that? Because I saw everything different. He said, my brother has become a Christian. His life's really been impacted by it. He attends that church now. He said, I'm so glad for that, but he goes, you know what the coolest part of the whole thing was? Not, not how he was changed, but how I was changed. When we bring someone else with us, everyone bring one. When we're bringing someone else to Jesus, do you know what? It's life-changing. In fact, I can tell you this. I will promise you, if you will bring someone with you in this coming year that you're going to have new spiritual insights, new spiritual experience. In fact, you are going to come to understand there's a word called revival in a whole new and a very, very fresh way within you just through this other person. How many here has a friend, a loved one, they're far from God. I mean, there's someone you just go like, yeah, I really think that, that they need Jesus in their life. No judgment, but you just go like, yeah, I got somebody that I'm concerned about. Anybody here like that? Okay. I, I do for sure. Do you know what my prayer is? My prayer, especially for those that are further away across the country, is that there will be somebody that comes into their life that shows them this is what the love of God looks like. That would befriend them that would invite them to be able to come out and to experience something like you're experiencing today. So many of us are going to be an answer to someone else's that we don't even know yet's prayer for someone that they care about and they love. And we just extend a friendly invitation along the way to them. Imagine. Imagine if, if you're here with Christmas, it'll be easier for you. If the friends, if the family members, if others would just continue to come out and experience and then share with you afterwards what they had experienced all throughout the weeks of this coming year. Remember, it happens one name, one person at a time there are so many good things that we could say 
This year, 2020, is a special year that's just going to be added when everyone brings one. For some, this is like intimidating, isn't it? Like the whole thought of like me bringing someone else, like, ah. quite frankly, here's what you're thinking. I can't do this. I mean, I just, I, I, I haven't ever, I just, I just couldn't do that. And Jesus wants you to hear this. You can. And some of the most surprising people that we see in the scripture, some of the most reserved people we see in the scripture, just put themselves in a place where they brought one to Jesus and God did some wonderful, wonderful things. We'll do, you know, we'll just continue to do tools. Like on the way out, we got just a simple invite card here. You can grab, you know, two or three of these, just put one or two in your wallet. And along the way, you might just happen to, to give those out to people. Some of us are thinking, I'd do that if I knew somebody that needed Jesus. But quite frankly, most of my friends, most of my associates are Christians. I don't know who. So I want to encourage you to do this. Would you just pray, God, would you show me someone that you love and care about that needs to find you and know you? Simple prayer, right? I think you'll be amazed how God answers that prayer. I mean, kind of like the, you know, our eyes get open and it's like, I think this is an opportunity from God. Now, the pressure's not on you. There's no monkey on your back. It's just you're coming along and you're joining Jesus in what he's already doing in people's lives and what God's already doing in people's lives, but that's what God is asking, calling us to do. If every one of us could take three names and just begin to love, to show love, and to pray. God, here's somebody I think is far from you. God, here's somebody I think needs to know you. I'm not preaching to them. I'm not pressuring them. I'm just trying to you know, show them a little Jesus in their life because our message is Jesus, right? Tell them, you know, get in a conversation with them and invite them to come out to them. I've got three, but I also think we need a blank in here for the one that we don't even know about, this, the, that new person that's going to come into our life, which is going to keep us you know, eyes open and really, really fresh to this. Why? Would we do that? Because I guarantee you, when you start to involve yourself in other people's lives, when you bring other people in, things get messy. Things are really messy with Jesus. You know why things get messy when you bring new people into a church and you bring new people to Jesus? Because the people that were coming to Jesus, I don't know if you remember the word or not, the murmurers, the mutterers were saying, this man is being friends with tax collectors and, anybody remember the word? sinners yeah like there's sinners out there like yeah for sure right i was a lot i mean i was the one but you bring sinners in and it's just messy questions and you know like oh that was a little uncomfortable moment there wasn't it uh, but we do it our why for e-o-b-o -O, our why for everyone bring one is this it's because the love of Christ compels us. It's Jesus' love that moves us. It's Jesus' love that means I'm willing to be a little uncomfortable 
to be able to help somebody else. So as we come now to 2020, if you have personally trusted Jesus as your Savior, in fact, today, if you would say, I know I'm the one, I was lost, I've been found, I've received Jesus, best I know, I'm a born-again Christian, how many here would say it today? I am a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian. Can you just raise your hand for a second? Yeah, so no embarrassment, right? Okay, so everybody, hands raised. If that's you, would you start out 2020 in this way? So it's midnight, clock strikes 12. Would you declare, Jesus, you are Lord, and this year I want you to be Lord and leader in my life. Would you do that? It will make a huge difference difference with that declaration to begin the year. You can do it by yourself. You can do it as a couple. You can do it as a family. Some of you are going like, uh, I go to bed before midnight, guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever time you go to bed, it's midnight somewhere, right? Somewhere in the world. So you can still pray that prayer and go like, okay, as, I, as I'm coming to the new year, Jesus, I just want to affirm, declare, you are Lord. You're the risen one. And see the difference that makes. And this whole, everyone bring one, it will just fall into its place. If you haven't received Jesus yet, you can begin the new year as a child of God. Know this. God is pursuing you. Whether or not you would understand, I am the one, when it comes to the one that Jesus died for, he wants you to know you are that one. When it comes to the one of God saying, I do not want you to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance, that was today's verse of the day, by the way. I want you to have life and eternal life. And if that's what you'd like, today you can do that and begin your year that way. If you're going like, I'm really trying to process this. I'm, I'm kind of there, I'm not there. I want to put out for you in 2020, there's something we do called starting point. It's a conversation that goes on for people that are new to faith or trying to explore faith. Sign up for that. You're going to find it non-threatening and a lot of fun. You'll find it on our website or just go to the information booth afterwards to go, I want to know more. We have a communion that we want to end this year with and set us up for the new year. Before we do communion together, I want to um, pray this prayer, and I want to invite you to join with me. If you're ready to receive Jesus today, I want to invite you to open your life up to him during this as well. Jesus says, being the lost one, I was the one. So many of us realize, like, I was that one, and you did all this looking for me. Thank you. Thank you that we matter that much to you. For those that are here and just coming to that understanding today, believing that you died on the cross and rose again, and ready now in a repentance just to turn to you and say, Jesus, would you receive me, a sinner, and give me your forgiveness and a living relationship with the living God? If that's your prayer, First time ever. Can I just ask you, would you just lift the hand going, guy, that's me, and I'm ready today. 
Yeah. Just up and down. You can wave at me for a second. Sure. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Jesus, for your saving grace that's going out again today. As we think about the new year, we want to declare you are Lord. And as Lord in our life, we are in the best place for the best year ever. As we come to communion, may each of us be drawn closer to you. We pray this prayer in your name. And everybody in agreement with it said? Amen. Before I ask the ushers to come, just like the angels in heaven do when somebody um, comes to faith there, we like to reflect here for those that have opened their lives up and come to um, faith in Jesus today. Can we just go, um, praise God, and we are, we are rejoicing with you, and God bless you. So the servers are going to come, and you'll find that in the tray there's uh, two cups that are stacked. Pull both of those out together, and if you'd help the person next to you, once everybody has been served, we'll eat and drink together. While that's coming, these are Jesus' words to us. It says, thank you. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken. You say it with me. Jesus says this, you are the one. You are the one that I went to the cross for. My body was broken for you. This cup. After supper, he took the cup. And when he drank from it, he said, this is the covenant. The new covenant made with God through my blood. Every time you drink it, would you remember me? Jesus said, my blood was shed for who? For you. I'm the one. And as I remember that I am the one that Jesus was willing to do this for, I'm not one in a billion. I'm one that he'd leave a hundred, ten, one in one with Jesus Christ. So are you. As we do communion, with these words on our lips, Jesus, I am the one that you did this for. I am so thankful. You are worthy. You're worthy of my love and of my allegiance. So, let's take the bread. Pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. 
Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.